I guess we're going ahead and talk about the latest and greatest in uh, Blackistan. Because it's like, it's like every other day something's coming out in Blackistan, man. And, you know, I kind of envy some of these YouTubers who have like all this time in the world to stay up to date on all of the latest topics going around. I, I, I kind of envy that to a certain extent because I, I just don't understand how they have that kind of time to where they could just keep on top of every story that comes out every single day. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about I'm talking about dudes that be having like full time jobs. I ain't talking about I ain't talking about dudes that ain't got no job and all they do is YouTube all day. I'm talking about dudes that be having full time jobs, families, careers, all that. Sometimes I wonder how in the world do they have all this time to to dedicate to YouTube and keeping up to date with all the latest and greatest. I do it's. I've been doing this YouTube thing since since about 2015, and I still ain't figured it out. I still haven't figured it out how to how to dedicate all that time towards this crap. But anyways, uh, so I just want to talk about this dude with seven baby mamas. Now, I'm pretty sure y'all seen the videos, so I'm not about to play the videos or any of that stuff. Um, cause you know, my sound be hella janky over here, but oh buddy with the seven baby mama. So I, I've been watching videos, a couple videos here and there, people going in on the dude. I've been hearing people talking about, they think it's all cap and you know, your man's just doing this to get put on. And, you know, I think it's a combination of, uh, of a lot of things, right? Um, I, you know, here's the thing. I do think this dude is just trying to get put on. I don't even know what his damn name is, but I do think this dude is trying to get put on to make a little YouTube name for himself or become like a a TikTok superstar, something like that, right? Because in this day and age, it's all about social media currency, meaning who who's getting seen and Unfortunately, we live in this this world where where it doesn't matter exactly what type of attention people get. People just want attention. And I believe Chris Rock actually mentioned that in his um his last comedy special which I saw. And you know, look, Chris Rock talk about him real quick. You know, I was a big fan of Chris Rock, but this this last comedy special was kind of put me to sleep. I'm not even going to front. I was like halfway watching it. or I got halfway through it, and I'm not going to lie. I, I think I almost dozed off. So I don't know exactly what happened to Chris over the years, but this ain't the Chris Rock from the, the bigger and blacker days. This is this is this. I don't know, man. Or maybe it's just me and I'm just not. I just don't find things as funny and entertaining. But anyways, he did say something about how everybody is just desperate for attention. And I do believe that to be true as it relates to this dude with the eight, the seven kids and him possibly trying to get put on. But I hear some people talking about how this is all fake. This is all cap because he's in this video talking about none of these women know him. They just know of his nickname or whatever. But then people are like, well, why would you go on just pearly? Or you go on um, 
Anton Daniels or you're making the social media rounds as if people aren't going to figure out who you are. Well, here's the thing. I do. I, I, I kind of do believe that this dude might actually have quite a few baby mamas because just like you all know, just, just like you all, y'all all know somebody in your real life that actually has a bunch of baby mamas, right? We all know niggas out there like that, that actually have a bunch of baby mamas. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys know some of these dudes that do have a whole flock of baby mamas. I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all do know that, know a handful of these dudes who were kind of just like this dude where they got these women pregnant and they just kind of dipped and bounced and went to the next chick and got the next chick pregnant and just just kept going on and on. And you're like they're not really out there with the child support, paying the child support. Even the women, the women aren't actively trying to put them on child support. They're just happy or satisfied that they got a baby out of the deal. Like I actually know people like I, I have a, I have a couple people like that in my own family that have actually done this. You know what I'm saying? So they just haven't gone on social media and try to be seen by the entire world to brag about having all these baby mamas and, and not paying child support and, and not being in the kids' lives. But I know niggas that do have a bunch of kids and they're not in them kids' lives. And the women, the mothers of their children, they're not actively trying to put them kids in his life and they're not actively trying to put them on child support either. Right? Like I know niggas like this and I'm pretty sure some of y'all know niggas like this. So I don't really I don't really find this to be all that shocking other than the fact that he's appears to be desperate for attention where he's taking this this ultra hood rat behavior of becoming a serial baby mama creator and using that as his so-called claim to fame because he wants to get put on and 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 do whatever it is that he wants to do. So this is why I say attention. Niggas a star for attention is basically what I'm trying to say. It's like so many Negroes in the in the community, they have nothing of value or substance going on with their lives that they would just find anything and everything that they can think of to try to get somebody to pay attention to them and notice them. Right. It's with the men. It's with the women. It's with the kids. Everybody, even old, old, so-called old niggas do it too. It ain't just a young ne Negro thing. You got niggas in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. They do the same thing. It's just it's like black society in America is stuck in this. It's like their children, right? It's, it's like their children. And then when you call out their childish behaviors, you know, that's when, whether it's a white person doing it, black person doing it, all niggas want to do is revert back to screaming racism or the gynocracy or just some BS made up scenario to try to mask the fact that no nigga, you just want to be seen just to be seen. Like you have nothing of real substance and value to add to the world. You just want to be seen. And then after you get seen, what, what is supposed to come of this? Now you're known as the dude with seven baby mamas and you supposedly don't take care of any of your kids. Like, like how does that, what value 
is this guy going to actually extract from this for his own personal life is beyond me. But I guess it really doesn't matter because like I say, this is what niggas do. Niggas just want to be seen. This is the new, this is a new form of currency for these niggas. And unfortunately it's everywhere amongst all demographics, ages, and groups. This is black. This, this is black society as a This guy rep, unfortunately represents black society. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just, just his, his ultra ratchet behavior being put on display just so he can be seen. I mean, he's over here with pearly things. She got like a, a million plus subscribers. God knows how many people watch this nigga on there. He's on there with Anton Daniels, who got like a hundred something thousand subscribers. God knows how many people watch that video. Niggas just want to be seen. I mean, this is like this is just like a real sad case that at the end of the day, I I, I really don't, I really struggle to see. If there were if there was a if there was a damn time machine that I can hop into and fast forward 100 years into the future, I really struggle to see how black society is going to continue to exist in this in this country. I mean, if you if you are if niggas are still around, <laughs> it's it's gonna be like I, I just don't see how I just don't see how so many Negroes are gonna be able to function in this world. Because they just thrive off of ignorance, ratchetness, and they just want to, niggas just want to be seen. They just want to be seen. And don't care what they're seen for. They just want to be seen and, and somebody to pay attention to them. But they get nothing. In, I mean, I, I used to, listen, I used to do photography, right? Some year, uh, probably over like 10 years ago. Like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty decent with a camera, right? Self-taught, whatever. And so I used to take, I used to have this one, one chick I took pictures for. I was using her to um, pretty much create a portfolio. Anyways, this chick had got so popular off of some of the pictures I did and some pictures other photographers did. She had created a Facebook page. Her Facebook page at the time grew to like a quarter million followers, Right. And this is this is like 15 years ago. So th this is like a big deal. because Nobody was nobody was really on YouTube. I don't think there was an Instagram back then, you know, like 10, 15 years ago. Well, none of that stuff was popping. But we, we managed to grow her her Facebook page to, oh, to like a quarter million followers. Right. And here's the thing. Right. She asked me to be the manager of her Facebook page. So she gave me access to her Facebook page. And she was like, I'm getting so many messages, right? So I will be sitting there reading through all the, the DMs coming through her page. I'm talking about she had, she had dudes from New York to Miami to L.A. offering to fly her out to, 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 to be in music videos. Like, these were rappers. And one or two of the niggas I actually knew in real life. So I knew, you know, obviously with some other BS, she was getting offers to do walkthroughs at local clubs where they just paying her to come to the club. Do y'all know what this chick's biggest motivation was for, for, uh, for, for being this popular? It wasn't the money, the potential money she could make. She was more fascinated with getting likes on her pictures. Like, I shit you not. Keep in mind, this is 10, 15 years ago. 
I would take a picture of her or some other photographer would take a picture of her, post it up on Facebook, and she would literally just sit there and count the likes. And then there was another chick that was kind of, when I was living in Augusta, there was another chick that was somewhat, you know, a little local, quote unquote, local celebrity that people like to take pictures of. This other chick would post pictures and she would get mad if the other chick got more likes to her. I used to tell this chick, I'm like, listen, chick, you got a quarter million followers. Do you know how much money we can make? All we got to do is come up with a damn calendar, you know, a little 12 month calendar, put, you know, take pictures of you, man, you have niggas in jail buying this thing. Cause I think actually, I think a bunch of niggas from, I think niggas were in jail emailing her. Cause I was reading the accounts. I was like, if you niggas locked up, I was like, you could sell calendars. You, you know, I even entertained, listen, I even entertained the webcam thing with this chick back in the day. Right. Cause I know everybody's talking about Andrew Tate with the webcam. I was kind of on that 10 years ago. I was thinking, I was trying to get her involved in the webcam thing and kind of managing her like that. Like I, I was like, I was just, I was, I was like, yo, we can really get paid. But her biggest thing was she, she just wanted to, to get likes and be seen. Now, keep in mind, this chick lived in the damn Section 8 projects. She, I mean, she was a cute hood rat chick. Very attractive. He says, who is she? You don't know her. You don't know her. It's, it's some chick. She does OnlyFans now, but you, you don't know who she Well, you might know her. I don't know. But before, before the whole OnlyFans things come, we, we, we was trying to get it cracking another way. But anyways, none of that stuff ever materialized. But she was just fascinated with likes. She just wanted to be seen. I'm like, chick, do you know how much money you can make? You can make, I'm talking about at the time, like I say, niggas was pent, trying to, niggas was trying to book her just to go to the, just to be, just to make an appearance at the club. She ain't no damn, she's just a local, quote unquote, local celebrity. And niggas was trying to pay this chick just to do a walkthrough at the club for like $5,000. You had little random Rudy Poop uh, uh, rappers around the way from Augusta to Atlanta trying to get her to be in music videos. Because and the reason why I know is because I was in charge of her Facebook fan page and I would read the messages. <laughs> and I'm trying to get this girl like, hey, they want to do this, they want to do this. She she would just she just wanted to be, she just wanted to take pictures, she just wanted to be seen on Facebook. She didn't really want to make any money to where she can get herself up out of this, these this section eight hood rat predicament. And I'm sitting here giving her idea after idea, explaining to her how this could work, how you could do this. Yeah, how much money you? I'm, I'm like breaking out all the charts, the graphs, and showing her like, yo, you have a quarter million followers on Facebook. We need to monetize this. I'll take my ten to fifteen percent management cut, but we need to make money off this. I couldn't convince her to do it. I I, I couldn't convince her. I'm, I'm talking about, yeah, I had the vision. I couldn't convince this chick to do it, man. But fast forward to the present day, I see her online advertising her OnlyFans. I don't know how big that is and popping it is. I don't know. Maybe it's popping. I don't know. But I'm talking about this chick could have been stupid paid back then. All she had to do was just show up to the damn music video. <laughs> show up to the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, put your damn tight ass dress and heels on and take your ass to that club. Get your little five thousand and come back and give me my damn ten percent or whatever the whatever the hell it is. I was my little management fee was gonna be. Couldn't get it. Couldn't convince her to do it to save my life, man. At that time, but anyways, but that told me right there. Damn, 
niggas is just, niggas is just addicted attention to attention regardless of if it pays or not niggas just want to be seen and this was and like i say 10 15 years ago this was something that i noticed was heavy with females now fast forward to the future this is what dudes is doing hence the reason you got this nutcase over here talking about he got seven baby mamas all over the damn internet bragging about seven baby mamas yes we all know that there are negroes with a bunch of kids out there right which is why i don't this is why i'm not going to discard or discount this dude you know his validity of his story even though i've heard others say that it's all cap i'm like well, i don't know because there are really niggas out here that are like that you know what i'm saying but the mere fact that he's online hopping from all these major platforms is just because he wants attention like females but here i am i'm thinking what do you stand to gain from this like how do you how do you plan to take this attention and monetize it in a way that you can turn it into a business because 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 let's just say let's just say he is doing this for attention so he can kick off his social media career how successful is that going to transition into some type of legitimate business when his name is kind of in the mud for being a, a dirtbag ass nigga who admits that he doesn't take care of his kids and he just gets chicks pregnant? So I don't I struggle to understand what is to come of this from this dude. You know what I'm saying? No, I think you got it backwards. Attention is greater than money attention is greater than money i don't see how this is monetizable for this dude you know what i'm saying i don't know but you know i, I guess i guess only time will tell but the thing that but like i said earlier the thing that gets me is this is just like the the mindset of so many black people out here young old male female niggas love attention by any means necessary and they feel like and, and nowadays in order for you to garner attention niggas gotta up the ratchetness they gotta crank that ratchet meter all the way to the max and then some to where they breaking the damn knob off the machine to where they they, they just gotta come remember gorilla glue girl y'all remember her i mean this just happened like how you spell not go, not glow gorilla, but gore. He spelled gorilla, gorilla glue. I mean, this chick. I don't know if this was true or false. She gonna go put gorilla glue in her hair. Went hella viral. <laughs> she was on Entertainment Tonight, the local news, Fox, MSNBC. I think they even uh she even launched now here's the, now here's the thing she managed to launch her own hair care product according to this CNN look this is on CNN shoot so she managed to take this and turn it into a a business now how successful it is I don't know because I you know listen if I was a girl I don't think I could put my faith into buying a hair care product from a chick who got famous for allegedly putting gorilla glue in her hair. I don't I don't think I would be comfortable with buying a product from this chick. You understand cuz I'm like, well, what the hell is actually in that damn bottle? 
Did you put some gorilla glue in there? Like, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, she managed to somehow turn this into a business. All right. How successful it is, I couldn't tell you because I ain't looked it up beyond this article. But just the mere fact that she went viral for putting gorilla glue. Listen, I got a couple things of gorilla glue in my house. There is no way in the world you can mistake this for hair care products. Even if even if you found a Gorilla Glue can or bottle in the hair care section, there is literally no way in the world to mistake this for hair care because it says on the damn bottle and like they all look like this. They all say this is stuff you put on wood, you put on whatever the heck else you can put it on. All you got to do is read. That's all you got to do. So by the time she picked that bottle up, went to the checkout, paid for it, went home, got into her house and started getting uh, prepared to do her hair. You mean to tell me she never once read that damn bottle? But this is what this is what people do for attention. And now you got dudes out here doing it for doing anything for attention as well. Because now what's going to happen next? It's going to it's going to be some nigga that going to come out talking about he got. 10 baby mamas. And then he's going to he gonna have to figure out how to make it even more ratchet. He's going to have to be on some crap like, I got 10 baby mamas and and uh, and uh I got 10 boyfriends. Like He's going to have to be on some stuff like that. It's going to have to be like a down low nigga come out. And then after that, it's going to have to be a, a trans a, a, a trans gentleman. You know what I'm saying? Like It's, it's going to have to be a trans gentleman come out who gonna have to say he got 10 baby mamas? <laughs> like the, the ratchetness is just gonna have to get more and more extreme because niggas just want to be seen by any means necessary. And it's sad, man. But this is this is uh this this is where we're headed, man. This is this is where we're headed. Expect to see more dumb Negroes out here like this, hoping to go viral just to be seen, and that's all they get. They get there. They get their, their, their 20 minutes of fame, their one week of everybody talking about them on YouTube, and then they just kind of dis- disappear. <laughs> but guess what? That'll be the highlight of his life, kind of like Al Bundy. Remember Al Bundy from Married with Children, working at the shoe store, selling women's shoes? What was the highlight of Al Bundy's life? The highlight of Al Bundy's life was always reminiscing on how he threw four touchdown passes in a high school football game. Like every time he would bring that story up, his eyes would light up like he was reliving that moment, even though he was a 40-something-year-old dude at the time selling women's shoes. That, you know, that was the highlight of his life. And this is going to be the highlight of this nigga's life right here. The one week he went viral on, on, black, on black social media. And, and I guess semi-white social media because <laughs> of just pearly all right but anyways that's the nigga with seven kids man <sighs> sad well i ain't gonna say it's sad it's just stupid anyways let's talk about some biracials y'all <sighs> america's favorite biracial colin kaepernick you know i'm the most qualified person to talk about him because I'm biracial. <laughs> I'm biracial. I'm the most qualified to talk about biracials. 
right? Give me a sec. Oh, I don't know what my comments was. Oh, now my comments are popping up in StreamYard. They weren't popping up. I wasn't ignoring y'all. They just, oh, here they go. Maybe catch me outside. Female is the blueprint. Well, it, yeah. Okay. We can't forget. <sighs> catch me outside. Whatever her name is. That chick is rich. There's a lot of factors that go into it. She had help from Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil put her on. Bad Barbie, I think that's her name. Dr. Phil put her on. And you, you can throw in the fact that maybe she's a white girl <laughs> who just happens to be ultra hood. Or at least that's the persona she's given. And then she creates an OnlyFans. And I, I have no idea what it looks like. I never looked at it. But from what I've heard, I heard she ain't getting naked. She just she just created the, fan, the OnlyFans account. And then a bunch of simp-ass niggas, white dudes and all, went over there to pay her whatever she was charging, hoping and praying that she would uh, start giving them a strip tease. But I heard, but according to her, she ain't, I guess I ain't never been on there, but according to her, she ain't uh, out there getting bucket naked. But she she don't got rich off that to the tune of like didn't they say this chick made like fifty million dollars off that crap? Like she makes a uh, ridiculous amount, and it, yeah, and I think they said it was uh verified that she actually made this money, or if it wasn't fifty million, she made into the millions. I don't know if it was fifty million is is one hundred percent accurate, but they say she made into the millions just off OnlyFans. So, but she ain't the standard. She. And we can call her stupid all she, all we want, but she is smart enough to figure out how to monetize her infamy for being this ratchet chick that went on Dr. Phil. How many black folks can pull that off? And niggas live on social media just posting stupid crap. You know what I mean? I don't know who Jay Rello is. I don't know who that is. Shout out to Woody. All right, so let's talk about these biracials, man. Colin Kaepernick. Like I say, I'm qualified to talk about them because I am one. <laughs> Y'all know I rep hard for biracials. I think we're the, I think we uh we're the leaders of of Zamunda. We're the leader of we're the leaders of Wakanda, and it's not. And here's the thing: it's not because we go out there and purposely elect ourselves to be the leader. It's because Black society elects us to be the leader. I mean, historically, that's just the way it is. Black, black folks love light skin. They love mixed people, man. Y'all elevate us. But y'all, but here's the thing. Black folks really love mixed people that are pro-blacks and wokeity wokes. If you're a if you're a biracial who is woke and pro-black, that is royalty in the in the community. That is royal. You can't do no wrong. You look at Michi X, look at Colin Kaepernick. Sean King, I don't know what the hell he is, but he ain't black. But look at how they love him. <laughs> you can't do no wrong. You know what I'm saying? But Colin Kaepernick, former NFL quarterback, Colin Kaepernick accused his white adoptive parents of perpetuating racism in their household in an interview. He says, I know my parents love me, but they were still problematic things that I went through. Um, he says, I think it was important to show that, no, this can happen in your home and how you move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated. 
So apparently Colin is saying, hey, his white family that adopted him raised him in a, from what I understand, a rather affluent neighborhood, invested all their time and energy into him to uh, help him play football. Because I've seen, seen his Netflix documentary. All right? Assuming that's 100% true, his parents went above and beyond, above and beyond to help him become a professional athlete. Above, I'm talking about, do you know how much time, energy, and money goes into trying to take a kid to try to get that kid to be a be an athlete? Like, like, listen, if you got a kid that's trying to play basketball, football, or baseball, or even hot, you know, any, any sport, right? Do you know how much time and money you have to invest into that child? I mean, you got to be at all the games. You got to buy all that equipment. You got to go on the road with them. You got to do this. You got to do that. I mean, that, that's a, that, that's like a, that's a full-time commitment, man. Right. Especially, you know, especially if you think your child has a remote chance of even just getting playing at the collegiate level, it's, it's, it's a lot of time and energy that goes into trying to take a, a child and turn them into a, a, a professional athlete or even a semi-professional athlete. So he, so he comes from that background where his parents apparently, you know, had, had some money. He grew up in a good, a good home. He didn't come from struggle. And now he's talking about mommy and daddy's racist. So Kaepernick says Kaepernick revealed that when he had cornrows as a child, his mom said, your hair is not professional. You look like a thug. Says the former uh, quarterback added, those become spaces where it's like, how do I navigate this situation now? But it also has informed why I have my long hair today. All right. So basically, I'm not going to read all this to you, but basically Colin was, was traumatized as a youth because his white biological mother, I mean, his white adoptive mother asked him why he had cornrows in his head and he looked like a thug. And he's like, yo, that's racist. Well, is it really racist? So I'm assuming this happened when he was, how old is Colin Kaepernick? He's 35, so that makes him, what, eight years younger than me? So this probably happened at, like, the late 90s, early 2000s or something, when he was a youth or so. I, I, I can't exactly recall when, when this probably happened. Maybe, let me see, I graduated high school in 98. So if he's eight years younger than me, so he must have graduated, like, 2006 or something like that. So this happened in the early 2000s. So let me let me rewind the clock back to the late 90s, early 2000s when I was a when I was in my early 20s. Back in those days, for those of y'all who aren't old enough to remember, if you seen niggas with braids in their hair like this, this was the stereotypical thug look. Now that, that, that now that does not mean that you were a thug, because I went there because when I was in college there were plenty of niggas with braids in their hair, but here's the thing, or with cornrows in their hair. But here's the thing, damn near every Negro that I know that was rocking cornrows back in the day, 
I'm talking about, we talking about like 99% of these Negroes. Damn near every single one that I know that got cornrows, they were getting cornrows because they wanted to look like thugs. Like that was, that was the stereotypical image. They, all the rappers had it back in the day. They had, they had their cornrows and their, and their soldier rags or their bandanas, right? They all wanted to look the part. I don't recall anybody talking about they want to get no dude. I don't recall any dude getting cornrows in their head because they just felt like it brought pride to them for being black. No, all these Negroes got cornrows because they wanted to present a certain image, the thug tough guy image, even if they weren't that. They still wanted to mimic and look like that. that that's what everybody did. Now, I didn't have, I never had cornrows, right? But that's what everybody did back in the day, right? So it's not, it's not a far, it's not too far-fetched for me to believe that his mom probably actually said that to him and said, you look like a thug, right? And I know some of y'all are like, oh my goodness, that's just the, that's just white people's version of saying the N-word. No, because like I said, back in those days, this is what niggas was trying to look like. They wanted that thug look because that's what the girls like. <laughs> that's, that's what niggas, niggas was doing it because the girls was into that. All you, you turn on, you, you went on BET and watched 106 in Park or Rap City back then. Every artist, singers alike, they all, damn near all of them had, had the cornrows in their hair. And yes, Allen Iverson helped kick that trend off, right? In a, in a serious way. I mean, cornrows was around long before AI, but he made it really popular around that time. I remember because everybody was doing it. And even when AI, you go back and look at AI, AI, AI was trying to look like a little little savage, a little goon. Like that's what he, that's the look that he was going for. So it shouldn't come as a surprise when somebody says you look like a thug when every nigga that's doing it is purposely trying to look like. A stereotypical thug, like that was what niggas wanted. That's that. That was the image niggas wanted to portray. But I don't. I don't. I, I still don't see how this is racist, though. I still. Don't, I still don't see how this is racist because when this happened, when he was in high school, I mean, look, your parents—they're supposed to tell you some shit. Look, I remember this time. I was um, I was in middle school. Let me see. This is this is around when crisscross was was the shit, right? We talking like nine, When did when did crisscross come out? Let me look that up. What year did they come out? Anybody remember? Crisscross. What year did they come out? Oh yeah, nineteen ninety one, right? Nineteen ninety one. I was eleven years old in nineteen ninety one. That's the year Criss Cross came out. I think they're probably like a year or two older than me. Criss Cross was the biggest thing in the world in 1991. I'm talking about they doing songs with Michael Jackson or are they all up in the videos with him? The song Jump, it was everywhere. And like I say, I'm 11 years old, probably in like the, how old are you in? What grade are you in at 11? You're like fifth grade or something like that. I'm probably like the fifth grade. So I remember there was this dude named Carlos, right? 
And I remember Carlos from back in the, and the reason why I remember Carlos, Carlos was born with one hand, this black dude named Carlos. He was, he was born with only his right hand. He, was, he wasn't born. He had a birth defect. And he didn't have a left hand. Now, the thing about Carlos was he didn't give a shit. Carlos was hella confident back in the day. He would get out there and be shooting ball with you, him and that, that one hand and that nub. And he had handles. Well, he had a handle because he only had one hand. But, you know, he, he could play ball. He was decent. So nobody, so everybody overlooked the fact that he only had one hand. Like, like we just totally didn't, it didn't really phase us because he was still out there clowning and joking and playing ball. But me and Carlos got cool, not because, well, one of the factors was because he, he was overall a cool dude. But Carlos had an older sister that was like three or four years older than us that I was in love with. <laughs> I thought at that time his sister was the finest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like I say, I'm like 11 years old. His sister probably like 14, 15. Nigga, I was, every time I saw her, I was in love. I, I, I just couldn't get enough of looking at her, right? She was just this light-skinned brown, you know, this brown, this, this light brown complexion-looking chick, which is the reason why that's the type of, you know, light-skinned brown-skinned chicks is my thing today, all because of Carlos' sister. So you're like, well, what does this got to do with it? So I remember one day, like I said, I'm 11 years old, fifth grade. I wanted my hair to look like this. I see, I see Chris, uh, which one is this? Chris Smith, the one that's still alive, representing for light skin brothers out there. I see, I see jump all over the TV, and I see how they got their hair looking. Back in 91, I had a, I had the I had the uh, I had the this I had the uh, the kid and play flat top, right? High top fade. We were still in that, we were still somewhat in that era back then, right? So my hair was looking like, was looking like this back in the day, right? It wasn't as high as his. Shout out to, there's another light-skinned dude, man. We was doing the damn thing back then. But my hair wasn't as high as a, as a kid over here. So I went to Carl. I, I knew Carlo's sister did hair. So I went over to Carlo's sister and this was my excuse to get next to her, my little, my little weird looking ass, right? I asked her because she she twists my hair down because I had a flat top and I wanted my hair to look like this. So I'm 11 years old at her house. In between, you know, she, she got me sitting on the floor in between them legs, right? <laughs> Just where I want to be at 11 years old, my little pervert, perverted ass. And she she, she spent the whole hour twisting my hair up, twisting it up. Got up, went to the mirror. I was like, for, I went to the mirror. I thought to myself, ooh, I'm finna be killing niggas tomorrow when I go to school. That was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm finna be, I'm finna be stunting on niggas when I go to school tomorrow. I got no more, we ain't doing no more flat tops. I got plaits in my hair. That's what they call y'all. I got plaits in my hair. I'm finna be killing niggas when I pull up on the playground tomorrow. Niggas ain't gonna know what to do. They gonna think I'm crisscross. <laughs> I go home. My brand new hairdo. My pops see my hair, right? My pops see my hair. You know, this Negro made me pick out all my damn hair. I'm talking about, I don't plot it and plan to get next to Carlos' sister, who was never going to give me the time of day because I was 11 years old and she was like 14, 15. <laughs> she was never going to give me the time of day. I got my opportunity to be right up next to her. 
with her braiding my hair and she over here making me look fresh to death out in these streets at 11 years old because I knew I was about to be killing the playground the next day. I go home, I'm, I'm, I'm floating in the sky. I'm like, man, I'm about to be stunting on niggas. Niggas ain't going to know what to do when I pull up and they see my hair. I'm killing the game. Go home. My dad sees my hair. First thing out my dad's mouth, and I'll never forget. My dad said to me, boy, you better take that shit out your hair right now. I'm like, huh? Why? I ain't having no little sack. Well, he said, even I don't know if he said savage or thug or hood. I think no, he said hoodlum. I ain't having no little, I ain't having no little hoodlums living in my house. Man, my pops made me pick that crap out. Man, I had all types of tears coming out my eyes. I'm like, and then I think he made me cut my flat top off too. I think the next day he took me to the barber shop or something. I had to, I had to cut my damn flat top off, man. I was pissed. I mean, y'all don't understand how it was back in 91. I know y'all looking at it now. But you got to remember, I was 11 years old in 91. These were the biggest. This, this, these niggas was the biggest things in the world at that time. And I wanted my hair looking like this nigga. <laughs> and Carlos' sister made it happen. So my pops made me take my damn plaits out my hair, man. Now, did I hold the grudge? Here I am, 40, I'll be, I'm 42. I'll be 43 next month. Third, well, how many years is that? 30 years later, <laughs> do, I, do I have a grudge against my pops almost 30-something years later because he wouldn't let me have plaits in my hair because he thought I looked like a hoodlum back in 1991 when I was 11 years old? Hell no. I ain't thought about it since, to be honest with you. I, I literally have never thought about that incident since. I only thought about it today when I saw this. And I was like, oh my goodness. This nigga is really crying racism over some braids that his parents made him take out because they didn't like the look. And they said he looked like a thug, even though this was standard, I want to look like thug attire. Like if, if you wanted to perpetrate the image of a thug, around the late 90s, early 2000s, you had to get cornrows in your hair. And like I said earlier, I don't know of any nigga that had cornrows around that time that got cornrows because they was trying to exude pride in being black. No, every last one of the Negroes wanted to look like a thug. They wanted to look like the popular rapper, whoever the, the hot rapper was out at that time. Oh, they wanted to look like AI who AI was trying to imitate thugs and rappers. That, that's what they wanted to look like. That was the, the quintessential thug hairstyle of the day. That, that's what it was. Because before that, what was, the, what was the thug hairstyle before that? Anybody remember? Here, I'll show y'all in case y'all don't know. In the, in the, in the mid-90s, this was the, let me see. This was the thug hairstyle in the, in the 90s, in the mid-90s. The bald head. Tretch was the image of this. Naughty by Nature's Tretch and Tupac. When them niggas came out, they set light-skinned niggas back a couple of years. We, we took, listen, light-skinned niggas had a serious run in the 80s. Tupac and Tretch, when they came out, they, they, uh, they, they pumped the brakes on our success. 
right? We we had we had a couple bad years that year. Every chick around that time frame wanted a bald headed, dark skinned dude. And every nigga, damn near every dude, with the exception of Michael Jordan, but damn near every dude back then that I knew who had a bald head and they were dark skinned, it wasn't because they was trying to look like Michael Jordan. They were trying to look like this nigga right here. Or they were trying to look like Tupac when he shaved all his hair off. They want they want to look like some savage or some goon. That, that was the standard hairdo of the, of the mid-90s for the most part, if you want to be a thug. And then we transitioned into braids or, or cornrows. So I don't see what the racism angle is with this dude. I, I really don't. Because it wasn't just white folks saying it. It was black parents were saying it too. That's just, that's just the way it was. Shout out to Super Duper. Kaepernick been gone and signed up for maybe a year, and now he pop up about his parents being racist. Because he's trying to sell books. He got a new comic book coming out. Uh, Change the Game. Where I guess he's talking about his life. And remember, he just did the Netflix documentary where he was talking about his life. <laughs> he, he's just, he, he's, the, he's the epitome of the tragic mulatto. And look, I am a mulatto. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm a mulatto all day. He's the reason why people call us tragic mulattoes. This nigga's hella confused about who he is. And, and he's still confused. Hence the reason why he takes his black, he takes his blackness thing to the extreme. He out here trying to recreate pictures of Muhammad Ali. Where he at? Let me see. He out here trying to recreate Muhammad Ali's infamous picture when Muhammad Ali was in Africa and had all the kids behind him. He out here trying to look like the damn Black Panthers. Let me spell magazine. Magazine. Where's that one picture where he had like the leather jacket on? Let me see. Is this it? Yeah, right here. This GQ joint. He out here trying to look like a look like a panther. <laughs> it's like, but like I say, when you when you examine his life. He didn't. He he didn't. He grew up a, a, as a a culturally white person, which it is what it is. Because you know when you're biracial, it's not like you got a biracial parent. <laughs> you got biracials. It's it is literally impossible for a biracial to have a biracial parent. And I know you'll hear some people say because you know that's another thing. With especially when I I hear bi I, I even hear biracial saying I'm like how stupid are y'all? A biracial is a person that is literally. A mix of two different races. I mean, you have one parent from one race and another parent from another race. It's impossible for you for 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 you to be a, a biracial coming from a bi like some some somebody might be like, well, what if your mom's biracial and your dad's black? Well, the child that they produce is not a, a biracial. They are they got other names for it. I can't I, I don't know what the damn names are, but quadroons, octoroons, or multi-generational, but a biracial is basically a person that comes directly from 
parents of two different races and the parents aren't mixed in the, you know, in the traditional biracial sense. But anyways, he grew up white. And it is what it is. I grew up around black folks. It is what it is, right? It ain't like we got, we, we don't have any control that somebody says triracial. I don't think that's an actual term. But then again, I don't know. Look, every other day they come up with new terms. So I, I, I really couldn't tell you. I don't know. But, you know, we live in a day and age, you can be what you want to be. So gingerbread man, if you want to be a, a, a triracial, a triracial trans gentleman who's pro-black and woke and conservative and, and liberal at the same, you can be what you want to be in life, man. We live in America. You, you can be whatever the hell you want to. <laughs> you can claim what you want to claim. You know what I'm saying? Somebody say MGM, multi-generational. What's MGM? Multi-generational. What's the other M stand for? Oh, is it mixed? What what is the MGM's multi-generational? What's the second M stand for? I don't remember what the other M stands for. But look, I can't keep up with all the acronyms. I'm just I'm just a I'm just a biracial dude. I'm a, I'm a here's oh multi-generational mix. Here's what I tell people. I tell people I'm a light-skinned mixed black man or or i'm a dark-skinned mixed white man that's what i am <laughs> i'm either or i'm a light-skinned mixed dark man or i'm a dark-skinned mixed black uh white man that's what i am man i rep it all day baby you know what i'm saying i rep it all day when, when negroes is doing good i claim my black side when niggas is out there fucking up I'm strictly biracial mulatto out in these streets. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what I am. But anyways, that, that's what's going on with him, man. He, he's just like hella confused out in these streets. He don't know what he want to be. But I mean, well, I know he wants to be black. And look, that's cool. I ain't got no issues with biracials who identify as black. I identify as black. It says black on my birth certificate, a driver's license. That's, that's all. Them, them the only boxes I've ever been checking. Because one, them are the only boxes that were ever available to check. And then before I was even conscious or aware of my own existence, those boxes were already checked for me by my mother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Only within maybe like the last five years or so, I've had I've actually seen other options to check. And I've been checking other options. I've been checking biracial, multi-race. I've been checking all types of shit just, just to see what would happen. And so far... I'm here. Um, let me let me share some news with you all. Let me share some news with you all. So I know a lot of y'all think since I'm mixed in light skin with curly hair, I know y'all think that society views me better. I get more access to privileges. I'm closer to whiteness. I, I, I know that's what all y'all think. All y'all from the community. Because that's what y'all say on YouTube every other day. You know, before YouTube, I don't think I ever had a conversation like that. I come to YouTube, I'm like, damn, this is how niggas really feel, huh? <laughs> I've been around you niggas my entire life, and none of y'all said this stuff to my face. As soon as I get on YouTube, all y'all start going in on me. Where was all that energy in the lunchroom, nigga? Where was all that energy when I went to an HBCU? You niggas wait till you get on YouTube to start talking crap. But it's all good. But anyways, let me, let me report to y'all some news, right? So I know y'all think 
we all get privileges. We're closer to whiteness. I went out there and tested it, y'all. <clears throat> I told y'all for the past five years or so, I've been seeing on whether you fill out some type of official documentation that's asking you for your race. I've been seeing options to check biracial, two or more races, mixed race. All my life, I've been checking the black box. That's all I've been checking was black because that was the only option to check. Now, I've been checking all types of boxes. I've been checking two races or more, biracial, mixed race. I've been checking all them boxes. And let me tell you all what's happened since I've been checking them boxes. Not a damn thing. I haven't seen one light-skinned, mixed-race, biracial coupon come to my house yet. Nobody has showed up at my door giving me my light-skinned privileges, giving me my mixed-race privileges. Nobody has come to my house yet to tell me I won the light-skinned lottery. And with the light-skinned lottery, you checking biracial, here are all the advantages you get for being a mixed-race person in America. No, nobody has come to inform me of that. I ain't seen it yet. So I just wanted to share that tidbit with you all. I've been actively trying to get it. I've been actively trying. What happens if I stop checking the black box? Well, what's going to happen? Nothing. So now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start checking the white box from now on. Because, you know, if, if I can check the black box for being mixed, well, logically, I can check the white box. <laughs> and we got proof of that. Uh, George Zimmerman, dude that killed Trayvon Martin, he's half and half. I think on his paperwork, he identifies as white. So I'm going to start checking the white box. And I want to see if some of these white privileges come my way. I just want to test it out to see because I've been listening to you niggas on YouTube for like five, six years, maybe longer. No, eight years. Yeah, it's been like eight years I've been on YouTube. I've been listening to you niggas for eight years talking about white privileges. Uh, you get benefits for being white. Black folks, we don't get nothings. Light skin, mixed people, you get mixed privileges. Light skin privileges. Well, like I say, I've been checking them light skin boxes and I ain't seen nothing come my way yet in eight years. So now I'm going to start checking white. I'm going to give it about a good two year run. I just want to see if something comes my way, man. Because I do see niggas getting privileges for checking black. <laughs> <laughs> niggas get hella privileges for being black. You know like, what privileges you get, man. You niggas get to go out there and burn shit down. Don't get arrested. You niggas get to go out there and throw a hissy fit every five seconds and scream racism and all of a sudden the world bows down to you. You niggas get hella pretty. Look at Colin Kaepernick. He checked the black box, got the afro, the cornrows. This nigga's getting $90 million checks from Nike. This nigga gets kicked out the NFL and turns around and makes more money from Nike than he probably did when he was playing in the league. He got documentaries coming out. He got books coming out. He on magazine covers. He passing out book bags in the hood. 
He getting $90 million checks from Nike, and he ain't even got a damn shoe. So it seems like there's hella privileges for checking that black box. You know what I'm saying? Hella privileges. Nah, the dude, the dude with the seven baby mamas ain't light skinned. He a dark skinned nigga. <laughs> he a dark skinned dude. According to one of the very few breakdowns by race called from FBI crime stats, black on white rape is 115 times more common than in reverse. Thanks for that random bit of information. But I'm just saying, is this racism? I don't think so. I just think that this is a case of a dude who's just trying to cash in on, on blackness and screaming racism every five. Listen, you scream racism, there are checks out there for you, man. There are checks. You, all you got to do is just victimology is at an all-time high. And I don't see it calming down anytime soon. I don't think this is going to... I think I think we're going to be stuck on this victim woe is me train for at least the next 20 damn years. I might even... Now, nah, we're probably going to be on this longer than that. I'm probably going to go to my grave assuming I live long enough, I'm probably going, I'm probably going to be turned to an old man and we still going to be, we, you're going to have, here's what's going to happen. In 20 years, I'll be 63 years old, 62 turning 63 in 20 years. Hard to believe, but damn, 20 more years, I'll be in my sixties, right? 30 years, I'll be in my seventies, assuming I live long enough. There's some little kid who will be born in the next 10 damn years who ain't, you know what I'm saying? He'll be born in 10 damn years. And by the time I'm 70, he'll be like, I don't know, in his 20s or something like that. Yeah, he'll be in his 20s by the time I'm 70. He gonna grow up in the world with artificial intelligence, AI, electric vehicles, the internet all over the damn place, even more, a way better, ver hopefully a way better version of the internet than we currently experience now, the metaverse, all, all this Star Trek futuristic crap. The world at his fingertips. This little nigga gonna turn around and scream he racism every five seconds. That's what he gonna do. And then you're gonna look at him like, you the most privileged black person that ever exists. Your generation. You ain't seen a colored only water fountain. You ain't cops is cops ain't out here fucking with you. They ain't fucking with you now, but they damn sure ain't gonna be fucking with you in the future. They're they gonna still be screaming this racism, talking about Jim Crow and slavery and antebellum slavery as if it was yesterday. Now, by the time I'm 70 years old, in in the year 2050. Uh, you know, Jim Crow would have been damn near 100 years removed. You still going to have niggas crying about this shit as if it was yesterday. Making up stuff. <laughs> just, just to be oppressed. Because they still going to be cashing checks, man. They still going to be cashing checks. This is this is the this is the greatest business model ever. This this business model pays dividends like clockwork 
Ain't no need all you niggas that want to go out there and invest into the stock market and get into real estate. Man, fuck all that. Turn into a damn professional victim. Just hop online and cry about racism and white folks being racist. I seen this video. Matter of fact, I seen another video. I can't find it now. It was on Twitter. This light-skinned chick looked like she was mixed in her teen, early, late teens, early 20s. She on there on in the, making a car video talking about all white people are racist just because they're white. Just because you were born white, by default, you're racist. And then she's in the video talking about, well, the world will be such a better place if, if, if white people would just accept this reality. I'm like, first off, chick, you look like your mama or your daddy's white. You look like you mixed, right? Like one of your parents is mixed. I mean, is white. Now, you're another one of these high yellow suspect mixed people going above and beyond to try to prove you're down for the call. Because that's what that's another thing I forgot to mention. I think in the, in the coming years, you're going to see more and more mixed race people going even harder. I mean, they're going hard now, but these niggas going to step it up. These niggas going to step it up because they see that all of you so-called monoracial, quote-unquote, non-mixed black folks, y'all love this shit. Y'all love this, and y'all y'all pay money and elevate us when we do this crap. So, you, so don't be surprised when you see more and more mixed-race people coming out here trying to go hard in the paint. Like I say, they're doing it now, but this is going to be a trend moving forward. I think it's going to be even stronger because there, there's, so there's so much to gain from it. You, you can gain social media fame, you can go viral, or you can, you can make, you can cash $90 million checks from Nike and don't even got a damn shoe. So you're going to see more of us mixed race folks doing this because there's money to be made off Negroes. You, you just say anything. You, you can throw your own parents under the bus. The people who adopted you after your mother gave you up. I don't even think this nigga knows who his damn father is. Raise you in a household, pour all their love and resources into you to help you become a professional athlete, driving your ass from game to game, all over the place. And all because they didn't want you to have some damn cornrows. Now you on national TV talking about your mama's uh, uh, is, is possibly racist because you, you was in high school and she ain't like your damn hair. And now you get to come on here and sell books. Talking about the struggles, changing the game. Struggles of being a mixed race kid growing up with white folks in an affluent neighborhood where they put their money, time, and resources into me to help me become a professional football player who went to the damn Super Bowl and lost, but I still went to the Super Bowl. And Nike paid me $90 million. And I don't even got a shoe with them. <laughs> but my mama racist, y'all. My parents racist. Nah, nigga. You should be thanking your parents. You should be breaking them off at least half that $90 million. This is insane with these people, man. But racism pays big bucks. 
It pays big bucks except for in the form of reparations. <laughs> That's the one area racism doesn't pay. It pays. Racism can pay in terms of social media fame, going viral. You can have checks cutting you, uh, uh, companies cutting you checks. You can get little benefits for being black. Oh, black racism. Oh, get a, get, get a, get these Negroes a scholarship. You'll be light-skinned and mixed. You get elevated to king and queen status in the community because you go going extra hard in the paint. You turn into a militant mulatto like Michi X. But the one thing that ain't going to get you is them damn reparations. <laughs> That's the one thing uh, racism ain't going to pay. They ain't finna pay no reparations no time soon. They'll talk about it. Like I know y'all seen out in... Um, California. Oh, California. California. Reparations. No, y'all seen in California. Where are that? They's out there talking about giving Negroes $5 million, right? Did y'all see that story? Right here. Oh, where'd it go? They out here in the Bay Area. Talking about paying black folks $5 million a piece for reparations. When asked about how they came up with that number, they just made they just literally made the number up out of thin air. As in literally. They literally made, I'm talking about this ain't just the people speaking. I'm talking about the the the, the reparations task force, whoever these people are. They just they just came up with five million dollars out of thin air. They ain't they ain't there was no rhyme or reason. They, somebody just said five million. They was like, yeah, that sounds good. Five million. Well, you go on TikTok, the Twitters, whatever. Niggas is tweeting they tweeting they thumbs off. Yeah, we get reparations. You niggas ain't finna see none of that. I'm gonna tell you that right now. These these pasty liberals, listen. These these pasty liberals will do this. Remember this. Uh, white people washing black people's feet. Y'all remember this? This was just three years ago. This was at the George Floyd protest. That was out there in D.C. or somewhere. You got white folks on their damn knees washing black people's feet. Talking about we sorry. Racism, oppression, George Floyd. This was just three years ago, y'all. White, listen, pasty liberals, pasty liberals like this, they'll get down on their hands and knees in the middle of a damn protest with cameras all around, and they'll wash your crusty, ashy feet. They'll do all that. You start talking this reparations crap, <clears throat> these pasty liberals turn into hardcore right-wing conservatives. <laughs> they'll do every, they'll do anything else for you, but they ain't cutting no reparations check, and they ain't about to let you move next door to their asses either. Because you see all these, these rich white folks, they are, even some black folks like Steph Curry, they out here talking about they, they support affordable housing. Yeah, we need affordable housing. All right, here come the affordable housing people.
talking about let's build uh, affordable housing over here next to these rich people. No, man, no. When I said affordable housing, I didn't mean next to my neighborhood. I meant over there in in in, in Blackistan somewhere. Nah, they don't listen. They'll support all your 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 wants and dreams, except for giving you reparations and letting you live next door to their ass. If you ain't if you ain't got the money to be living next door to them. So this five million dollars, everybody finna think they balling out of control. They're gonna keep teasing y'all with reparations talks until for the next hundred years. Niggas gonna be on YouTube talking about cut the check for the next hundred years. Yvette Carnell, Tariq Nasheed, they're gonna be 150 years old making videos talking about cut the check. They ain't, they ain't giving up. They, they love you. They love you, but they don't love you that much. They love you enough to wash your feet, but they, not enough to, to, to break you off no rep. They'll buy you a cup of coffee. They'll buy you a sandwich at the gas station, but they ain't give you no damn $5 million reparation checks. They ain't even going to support giving you a, a $50,000. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way this is. And I'm not opposed to reparations. I'm just telling you, if you waiting on these people, the pasty liberals will do it. You, 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 you sadly mistaken. You got a better chance of getting a conservative to bless off on reparations than a, than a, than a pasty liberal. Because a conservative, at least a conservative, a conservative ain't going to lie to you. They're just going to tell you straight up, no. They'll just be honest. But then it'll probably be in the conservative's best interest to support reparations that'll probably bring more black people to vote conservative. Possibly. But then again, I don't know. I don't, you know, I was thinking about that. I don't even know if, because I've heard some black folks say, who, who, I, I can't remember who the hell said it, but somebody said something like, if conservatives or the Republican Party embraces the idea of reparations, that will cause possibly more black people to vote conser- uh, Republican because black folks really care about reparations. And it sounds good on paper when you say it, but I don't think that's true. I think, I think black folks, you know, niggas will scream that they, they're all pro-reparations all day long. I think black folks are more in favor of LGBT stuff and and, and and all these social welfare programs. Like, I, I think that's what they're in favor of, right? Because, and, and I base this off of people I, I know in real life. And I'm pretty sure y'all know a lot of people. I'm pretty sure y'all know a bunch of people right now who collect Section 8 welfare, some type of government benefit, living in these government houses or whatever. If you present these people an opportunity to make more money, uh, let's just say, let's just say somebody's living in Section Eight. I don't know what the going rate is, but let's just say they're paying like ten dollars a month in rent. They collecting twelve hundred dollars a month in food stamps. They collecting some other money for welfare. You know, wh- whatever the standard benefits you get. Now, let's just say you come up to this person and you offer them a job for a hundred thousand dollars. How many of y'all 
know people that would turn down the $100,000 job because they don't want to lose their benefits. They don't want to lose their food stamps. They don't want to lose their little $10 a month rent, their Section 8 housing. Like, I know people like this, y'all, in real life. They would rather live that substandard lifestyle just to, just to get those freebie benefits, courtesy of the taxpayer, than go out there and make more money, which means they would have to forfeit those benefits if you start making more money. They don't want to, I know so many, do. I know a lot of people like that that would not want to forfeit those benefits. Some are family, some are friends. Like those benefits mean everything to them. At least they think it does. They say you can offer them a, a job, $100,000 a year. All you got to do is go sit at this desk and watch YouTube videos all day. They probably say no. Because they don't want to give up that damn EBT card. <laughs> ah. So, getting back to the whole reparations thing, niggas be like, well, if conservatives and Republicans embrace the idea of, of giving out reparations, that'll make more black people come over. I don't think so. Sounds good in theory. I think black folks will go weigh the pros and cons, man. Reparations are these benefits that these liberals are promising us. I think niggas are going to choose the liberal benefits that the government just keep dishing out because it's already there. It's already rolling. They, they, they don't have to sit there and, and, and vote on that. It's already happening. You know what I'm saying? It's not some app because reparations is an abstract concept, right? And if you're like, well, what is an abstract concept? That means it's a concept that's not tangible, meaning you can't, you can't actually touch it, see it, smell it, feel it, right? It's something that only exists in your mind at the moment. And you, the idea exists in your mind. Well, Government benefits like welfare and all that crap, that's not an abstract concept. That is something people can experience in real time. It's the first of the month. Wake up, wake up. I mean, they, may, they got a whole damn song about it. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. They got a whole damn anthem about it. The first of the month, everybody knows that's on them benefits them unearned benefits, how I like to call it unearned, right? And the reason why is because somebody will look at me, they'll be like, but gee, don't you get benefits? Yeah, I do. You get benefits from the government too? Yeah, I do. But nigga, I served in the military for 13 years, bitch. <laughs> I earned my benefits. Those benefits didn't come from me just popping babies out or just sitting on my ass all day. Nigga, I worked. 12-hour days for literally years. I used to work in a building. It would, be, it would be dark when I got to work. Go into the building. There would be no windows. Work 12-hour shifts. Get off work, and it's dark when I go out when I go home. I did that for 13 years of my life. Deployed twice, all that crap. So, yeah, I get government benefits from being in the military. 
I don't get I never got a benefit from popping out a baby or just being sitting on my ass not doing nothing. So my benefits are earned. Those who collect unearned benefits, like welfare, all these social programs, yada yada yada. Well, regardless, that's still a, a benefit that people actually can feel on the first. Because when the first come around, guess what? EBT cards get loaded up. Niggas is at the grocery store, crab legs galore. Seafood galore. Selling food stamps galore. But when you talk about reparations, that's an abstract concept. It's something that doesn't exist. It's not, it's not you, you, the first and the 15th or the first rolls around. You don't, you don't see anything. There's no money being put into your bank account for you to go spend or utilize. It's just an abstract concept that exists in the mind only. So that's why I think, I don't think Negroes would abandon the Democratic Party for the Republicans, even if the Republicans started talking about reparations, because the Negro, most black folks, especially those in and around the community, they, they struggle with abstract concepts. They can only deal with concepts that exist in reality they struggle with the abstract and reparations is one of those abstract concepts that it's not real until it's real and only when it becomes real then they'll support it but the idea but supporting the idea well the idea isn't real so you're not going to get the support which is another reason as to what, and plus this is another reason why pasty liberals, they can kind of dangle that carrot in front of Negroes all day long because they know that it's an abstract concept, but they already got you on a leash by giving you all the, a lot of people, these unearned benefits just for being a so-called victim. But the, but the ultimate thing that you want is an abstract concept. And they can just keep waving it in front of your face. <laughs> Most black Americans are indigenous to the Western hemisphere. That's why the government won't. No, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, listen, all right, so we're not going to get into this whole we was here before Columbus thing. I'm pretty sure there are some black folks here, but there is there is literally no way for you to prove that. There's literally no way for you to prove that most black people were here first. Because there were a whole bunch of people who got sold into slavery. Now, most slaves ended up in Brazil. And I think out of the entire slave trade, because I actually researched this years ago, I want to say out of the in, out of the entire slave trade, they say only like maybe two hundred thousand slaves actually ended up in North America, the United States. The overwhelming majority went to the Caribbean, Central and South America. So, think about that. Think about. Think about if you're a black American here who descended from a slave, like my mother's side of the family. 
Think about the odds of that happening. You ever just sit around sometimes and just think about this crap? You rewind the clock all the way back to the caveman days or whatever. Just think about let's just let's just say let's just go back to the to the to the we was kings and queens days with with, with the ancient Egyptians and and, and, and all and, and, and uh what was that what was the guy's name the richest man in the world what was his name um the richest guy in history what was his name i can't think of it anyways it'll come to me in a second but just just, just rewind the clock back like ten thousand years think about all of the chaos that was going on over the past ten thousand years People getting killed, diseases, people living to be like 25, 30 years old. Now think about all the people that you descended from over the last 10, 20,000 years to where you, you came into existence. I mean, have you guys ever really just sat around and thought about that crap? I was thinking about that the other day. Do you know how many, I mean, think about all the treacherous things that was going on for, th- I'm talking about when they go be, di- when they be in Africa digging up these bones, they be finding bones from like a million years ago. I'm talking about this is the oldest human or whatever, because you know, there were different types of humans back then. Like Homo sapiens weren't the only humans walking around according to science but think about all the people that you descended from over the hundred ten thousand hundred thousand years and all the crap that was going on but your 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 bloodline your your gene pool managed to survive to the current day to allow for you to be born you ever just think about that crap and then think about all the people who got cut off And then, and then you think about that even more. You think about all the slaves that got that got sold into slavery, and your black ass ended up in America. Because matter of fact, Nas made a song where he was talking about I can't remember what song it was on, but he had a line that says, "Luckily, I was put on one of the ships that made it." Where he was talking about one of his ancestors was put on a slave ship and his ancestors survived crossing the Atlantic, which obviously generations later led to him being born. So he said, luckily I was put on one of the ships that made it. I can't remember what song that actually came. I know it was Nas who said it, but I can't remember what song. I got to go look that song up, but just think about that. Luckily you were put on one of the ships that made it. And then your ancestors somehow ended up in North in, the, in what we know as the United States of America. The, the, the freest country in the world, with the most damn opportunity with all its problems galore. It got problems like a motherfucker. We all know that. But your ass ended up here in America. The second freest Negroes in history, because y'all know the first, the, the freest Negroes ever are them Negroes on Sentinel Island. They, they, they are the champions. They so free, 
nobody even messes with them. Like the Indian government, because I think the Indian government, they uh, reside over Sentinel Island. They got, uh, they got military boats that circle the island or patrol the island. And you can't, you can't come within five miles of that island on a boat. Or else they'll shoot you, they'll shoot you down or arrest you. But they've been like that for 30,000 years on that damn island at least. So they're the freest. Next is black Americans. Freest Negroes ever. Opportunity galore. I don't care if you come from struggle. You, you can literally, with enough determination and you going out there making connections and doing what you got to do, you can literally come from the projects and become a goddamn billionaire in this country. And still scream you a victim at the same damn time, right? <laughs> you you could be raised by you could be raised by rich uh, uh, affluent white folks who invest their all into you, turn you into a help you become a professional athlete. You get ninety million dollar checks from Nike after you're no longer a professional athlete. And you can still scream racism. And woe is me because mama didn't like your damn cornrows. God bless America, man. God, God, this is why I'm gonna, this is why I love America. I stand up and put my and say the Pledge of Allegiance with, with tears coming out my eyes, man. Every time the Star Spangled Banner comes on, I get weepy eyed. Because it's the only place you can get away with this dumb shit and still make money off of it. This is the only country you can pretend to be a, a victim nonstop, even when you're rich and famous. This is the only place you can get away with this dumb shit is America. God bless America, man. The opportunities are abundant over here. Kay's from Africa. He said he ain't even going back. <laughs> I did a consultation with a lady from Africa about two hours ago, Kay. She ain't sound like she was in a rush to go back either. I don't know what country she was from. But she uh, she said, I got, I got on a consultation with her about two hours ago for my IT program. And by her accent, I could it sounded like she just hopped right off the boat. Like her, her accent was hella thick. Nice lady. We had a good conversation though. But she ain't sound like she was in a rush to go back to wherever she she uh, originated from. You know what I'm saying? She sounded like she was she was uh, she was good money over here. But I'm just saying, in this country, you, you can do these things. This is why this is the greatest country in the world. Especially for black folks. This is the greatest country. You can actually become a multi-millionaire off of being a professional victim. You can make more money as a professional. I mean, listen, you could be a you could be a professional victim, collect millions of dollars from, from mostly pasty liberals, and go out there and buy mansions all over America. Right?
You can buy mansions. Listen, you you can you can literally buy mansions all over America. One of these mansions has a damn private airstrip for landing airplanes. They own it in Georgia. I mean, niggas is out here buying mansions with private landing strips, y'all. All it took was, all this took was, was for Trayvon Martin to Trayvon Martin turn, turn these lesbians into millionaires, y'all. Where they're buying mansions with private airstrips. These 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 lesbians live in one of the uh, one of the most affluent neighborhoods in in, in Los Angeles County because I looked it up. You go look up where Patrice Colors lives in California. She lives down the street from Chris Brown in and around that area. You go look up the demographics of that neighborhood where Candace Owens pulled up to her house. Nigga, their population of black folks is like 0.02%. Like that, that literally means she's probably, her and Chris Brown are probably like the only black people out there. But she, she got, stu they got stupid money. They came up with the perfect slogan, Black Lives Matter. Millions poured in. And then we go look at where's the money going? LGBT activities. They ain't, I ain't seen none of these niggas passing out book bags. You seen you seen Patrice Colors passing out book bags in the hood, giving little niggas free haircuts. She ain't even out there passing out turkeys like Nino Brown. Anybody see her pull up and just start handing out turkeys? Anybody, I mean, any of that money has any of that money poured into the black community? Where where niggas where, where niggas say they getting dealt with all day long, but they out here buying houses with with uh, airstrips. They out here living in the in the hills uh, of of California, living that good life with their with their white spouses, <laughs> their white lesbian trans gentleman spouses, right? All it took was just you Negroes to die. I mean, God bless America, man. This this woman is the ultimate capitalist around here, even though she claims she's a trained Marxist. She's she's a Marxist. Marxism is an abstract concept. The Patrice Colors, capitalism is an abstract. Right? And I told you guys, Marxism is an abstract. Look, Patrice Colors says she's a trained Marxist. That is an abstract concept that only exists in her mind. In her real life, she is a capitalist. And she took all that damn money that she can reach out and touch and went and bought four or five mansions between the U.S. and Canada. Like she got a mansion up in Canada, in case you guys didn't know. Let me look it up. The BLM mansion in Canada. Let's look it up. Be international with it. They went and bought 
They went and bought this big ass house right here. BLM transferred millions to Canadian charity. They out here dropping money in, in houses in Canada. Meanwhile, meanwhile, them little niggas out in Baltimore can't read and write. All right? Them little Negroes in Baltimore can't read and write. They can't drop some money into the educational fund for Baltimore City. You know, home of Freddie Gray. Who the hell is this? I don't know who this person is. Right? I mean, Freddie Gray, they out there rioting and throwing bricks at the police for Freddie Gray. It's America, man. God bless America, B. You can get rich off of crying, woe is me stuff. Woe is me pays. Like I say, listen, y'all over here, man, we're going to be Bitcoin, uh, uh, real estate, investing. Nah, nigga. No. The most solid investment you can make as a black person that actually pays and it's not an abstract concept, like something, because that's another thing. Investments are abstract for black folks. You go invest into the stock market. It's not like you touching that money. You got to sit around and wait for that money to mature. Wait for the market conditions to get right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's not like you go put $20,000 into the stock market. And then you go to the ATM machine and, and, and pull 40000 out the next day. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a long-term game plan with stocks. Same thing with crypto. You can't touch crypto. Crypto is code. You can't physically hold a crypto coin in your hand. It is literally ones and zeros. It is literally a piece of code. It's an abstract concept. Right? But what is not abstract, so, so what I'm saying is investments are an abstract concept for most black people. So if you want to get into, if, if you want to quote unquote invest and actually see a return that is not abstract, something you can feel and touch in real time, then you need to get on this woe is me train. You could be out here buying mansions, B. You could be out here buying, listen, you want to talk about being a passport bro, nigga? Imagine being a passport bro with, with mansions in, in different countries. Nike cutting Colin Kaepernick 90, a $90 million check is not abstract. That's $90 million in the bank, nigga. He can, he can reach out and, 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 and do a withdrawal on right now. So that's the investments y'all need to y'all need to look into. Woe is me. Race only in America can you can you be a professional victim and make stupid cheese off of it. Or even if you don't make cheese, you can get famous off of it and then spin that fame into you know, potential lucrative prospects. You can go out there and write books on this shit. 
you become college you become a college professor like what's that what's that chick that teaches at Rutgers University the big fat one that's always in the damn news you could be like Lamont uh, Mark Lamont Hill I hear talking about men can get pregnant too and sell books open up coffee shops be be revered and respected as one of the 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 arty smarty intellectual thinkers you could be like Michael Eric Dyson be on CNN every other day talking about Tupac and, and, and trying to rap and sound all extra smart because you know a bunch of $20 words. I mean, this, this is what I'm saying. This shit pays. But only in America is this possible. Because you notice these niggas that hate America and think it's racism, these niggas got the money. They got the money and the resources to pack their shit and leave and go to another country and never look back. But they ain't doing it. Because guess what? You can't go to Nigeria, South Africa, uh, uh, Dubai, China, some random country in Europe and, and start crying racism every five seconds. Because they're not, they're not cashing, they're not cutting checks over there, B. They're not cutting checks over there. They don't care about your racism and your woes and all that crap. Nowhere near to the degree that they, especially over in like places in Africa, in the Middle East, they don't give a shit. Europe, you might find sympathy here and there depending upon what country you go to. Matter of fact, the more Western the country, you might find more sympathy. But as you start getting closer and closer to that Russian border, they don't give a shit. <laughs> so you can't make money over there but over here this is a solid investment man I need to start me a course on how to be you know what that's a great idea I might need to I might need to create me I might need to give up this whole IT thing and make me a course on how to on how to how to become rich off racism Man, I become a millionaire. I probably become a millionaire off that shit. I come up with the blueprint and lay it out exactly what you need to do and sell that shit. You need to do this, this. You need to talk about this. You need to. This is the vocabulary you need to use. All right, we need to come up with some stories from your childhood. Oh, oh, your mama didn't like your braids. All right, well we can swing that. Oh, and say she called you a thug. And you know, thug is the white person's version of nigga. You know what I'm saying? We we can we can swing that. We can write some kitty books. We can do some documentaries on Netflix. Oh, and you light skin, nigga? Oh shit, nigga. You get the light skin lottery, nigga. You you can get listen, you are you a light skin, woe is me. You are 10 to 20 times more valuable than a dark skin, woe is me. All right. All you got to do is just be light-skinned, nigga. That's it. Just, you, just be light-skinned. That's it. I mean, th this is proven. You know what I'm saying? What, what's that actor's name? Um, what's that What's that light-skinned mixed nigga's name? Is it Jesse Williams? Yeah, remember this nigga right here? Jesse Williams, right? Married to him, a black woman. Uh, or used to be married to her. Remember this nigga went on BET? At some award show, that nigga got up on BET and said something about black girl magic. 
I support black women and and I love black women and oh nigga, this nigga had every black woman all over the internet. Oh Jesse, I love nigga light skin nigga. Our light skin stock went up. If I was single when he said that, nigga, I would have been out there just slaying chicks. Light skinned niggas was on 10 when he did that. We couldn't do no wrong. All you had to do was just get up on national TV, on BET, and say, I, black girls rock. Black women are queens and que- uh, queens and all that shit. His stock went through the roof. Then he left his black wife, got with a white woman. They kicked his ass out the black race. He just became a mixed nigga. <laughs> They kicked his ass out. But what I'm saying is, if we're gonna do this this racism class, how to be, how to get rich off racism, right? You guys got to understand the dynamics here. You can make a lot of money as a as a dark skinned black person. There's the particular Tariq Nasheed. He's a millionaire. Boyce Watkins is a millionaire. You know. You know, these are all dark, so-called dark-skinned dudes, brown-skinned, dark-skinned dudes, right? But, nigga, you be a light-skinned, a light-skinned nigga, a light-skinned what was me, right? Especially if you are biracial? Oh, nigga. That is the woe is me Powerball jackpot. You got all five numbers and the Powerball, nigga. You got you are the Superman of what was me. You, you can't go wrong. Sky is the limit. It is the limit. You are, you are, you know what I'm saying? We're we're t- we're 10 to, we're 10 to 20 times more valuable than those that are dark skinned. Because not only will white folks bow down to you and your bullshit, but Dark-skinned black folks who aren't mixed, they're going to bow down to you and your bullshit. The sky is the limit. I'm just trying to tell y'all how this thing goes. So we might need to come up with a course on this, man. K, me and K going to put it together. <laughs> Figure out how to sell us, sell us some woe is me. Oh, you grew up with Jesse Williams? You knew him in real life? Yeah, Jesse Williams, man. Yeah, he, he had he had our light-skinned dudes. We was on 10. He got up on BET talking about how he loved black women. Oh, man, light-skinned niggas was in. We was in heavy that year. <laughs> we couldn't do no wrong. We couldn't do no wrong. We just had to show up and be light-skinned. Oh, light-skinned. Yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, I'm light-skinned. That's all I had to say. Yeah, girl, I'm light-skinned. And a mix. Oh Lord, have my baby. Can I have your baby? <laughs> All we had to do was just show up. That's it. You could be looking scraggly. It ain't matter. Just show. Just show up, nigga. Cause I, I give you proof. What was the uh? What's that guy's name? Jeremy. Remember this nigga right here. Jeremy Meeks. Anybody remember this nigga right here? This nigga right here, light skin with the damn, the damn light eyes. This nigga a whole crip, a whole thug. I'm talking about this nigga was out there really gang banging. This nigga's damn mugshot went went viral, nigga. 
This nigga was, this nigga's face is hanging up on every black woman's wall in America. <laughs> talking about all, all them chicks out there talking about that's just my baby dad. They, they was dreaming about this nigga. And this ha- and he went viral. He went viral around the time Jesse Williams said that shit on BET. That happened around the same time. In case y'all didn't know that. So that's how I know this is true. Jesse Williams said that on TV. A few weeks to a few months later, this nigga's mugshot came out. That's what I'm saying. Uh, around that time, all you had to do was show up. Just light skin, just show up. Don't matter what was going on, just show up. Don't matter. You light skin, nigga, you in. <laughs> just show up, nigga. And you ain't got to learn no game. Niggas out here like Sir Ism talking about the game. Nah, nigga, the game is, I was born with the game. Like, you just show up. That's all you got to do, just show up, nigga. Around that time, that's all you had to do, just show up. <laughs> and then what he do? He goes out there and gets with a white woman who just happens to be the heir of a billionaire family. So he got a baby with a damn billionaire. But I'm just saying, all you got to do is just show up, right? Is it just show up? But imagine, imagine if, imagine if this nigga, wait, where's mugshot go? Imagine if this nigga hopped on the pro black train. Oh Jesus, he might be a billionaire today. Imagine if this nigga right here hopped on this "woe is me" racism white supremacy train. This nigga would be a billionaire today. I promise you, he would be up there. Cause he he got all he got all the traits, light skin, light eyes, tattoos. <laughs> he been to jail, so he, so he was oppressed. He's a criminal. He's a former gang member. He had the, he had the perfect story, man. You know what I mean? He would have been right there with Colin, right right there with him. Anyways, I'm about to go. That's all I wanted to say. So, shout out to Blackistan, man. We got we got niggas out here popping out seven babies, bragging about it. Where that dude at? Let's put him back on the on the the summer jam screen. What was it? Seven baby mamas. Yeah, this 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 idiot right here. We got this idiot right here trying to become famous for ignorance desperate for attention and then we got Colin Kaepernick a light a, a mixed light skinned man in America grew up with fam, a, a white family with money who helped him become a professional athlete talking about America's racist and, and his parents are racist because mommy ain't like his damn hairstyle. So that, that affected him, traumatized him. <laughs> ah, only in America, man. God bless America. Man is the greatest country in the world. Ain't that right, Colin? This is the greatest country, baby. This is the greatest country. I don't care what you just talking about. 
America's the shit, nigga. America is the shit. You can't get away with none of this crap anywhere else in the world. Maybe Canada. But you damn sure can't get away with this anywhere else in the world, but only in America, man. God bless America. Anyways, I'm about to chuck deuces. I'm going to holler at y'all later. I'm out. Peace.